I'm Ayala Marinovich, your host. Welcome back to Strength in Words, a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. Each week we get together to sing a few songs, discuss some ideas for play, and outline some insight about early development. This series is time for you to be together and to feel like you're doing something good for and with your baby, small child, or multiple young children. Please follow your child's lead. I am a speech and language pathologist and I specialize in work with very young children, but this is not to be confused with speech therapy. This is what I call family enrichment. All suggested activities are meant to be enjoyed by your baby under close adult supervision. For a more complete story of Strength in Words, please listen to my introduction episode or visit my website, strengthinwords.com. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. We can start by saying hello to the people who are with us. Hello to the singers. Hello to Ayelet. Hello, 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 hello. Hello to the babies. Hello to the toddlers. Hello, hello, hello. Hello to the children. Hello to the grown-ups. Hello, 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 hello. Hello to your friends. Hello to my friends. Hello, hello, hello. Since I don't know your name, I'll help you sing the song and you can fill it in. Ready? Hello to your child's name. Hello to your name. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Let's look at all of our cuddly friends, stuffed animals, puppets, dolls, animal figurines, etc., and give them all an emotional attribute. Then we can say hello to all of them in groups. Hello to all our happy friends. Hello to all our sad friends. Hello, 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 hello. Hello to all our tired friends. Hello to all our mad friends. Hello, hello, hello. One last time. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. I wonder if you noticed what I did in my song this week. I grouped all my child's animal or human type play materials, stuffed animals, puppets, dolls, animal figurines, or perhaps even books about animals or people. And I thought with my little one aloud about how they might each be feeling. This kind of emotional language, which we've discussed in previous episodes, such as labeling emotions, is extremely beneficial for young children, not only in their development of social-emotional abilities, but also in their development of what's called social cognition. This is an area of early development that extends into the rest of our lives, and as you may guess, it has to do with social and emotional understanding as well as intelligence, or what we sometimes refer to as emotional intelligence. A big part of this area of development focuses on a term known as theory of mind, which encompasses many skills and develops over time in the first five years of life. 
Essentially, theory of mind is the ability to take another's perspective and to understand that not everyone shares the same thoughts, ideas, and feelings as you do. There's a fairly clear progression of abilities that help a child to form their emerging understanding of theory of mind. And again, it develops over time, over the first five years. Imitation, sharing, testing behaviors, empathy, pretend play, these are all part of the development of theory of mind and are all skills and abilities that take time and develop in layers, as my guest Megan Lingo so beautifully stated in last week's episode, Wordless Picture Books. I think it's so important to remember that infant and toddler learning doesn't happen overnight. We see these big skills like walking and talking happen one day, and we tend to focus on the day our child accomplished something instead of the many, many steps and experiments and failures and learning moments that formed the ability to successfully accomplish that task. So one of the skills that goes into the development of theory of mind is the ability to pay attention to others and imitate them. A young infant is already imitative in certain ways, often watching a caregiver's mouth and extremities for information that will be integrated and made meaning of over a series of interactions that inform her about the way the world works. This is why people often enjoy building in routines or rituals from early on and why interaction, consistency, and repetition with variation are all so integral for a young child's brain development. It informs the infant about communication, feelings, movement, patterns, etc. I have in front of me a drum one of my favorite play materials for infants and toddlers. Now, you might think initially, are you crazy? Why would I encourage my toddler to use a drum? My answer is they're going to find something to pound on whether you give them a drum or not. Remember in our episode, The Babblers and Bangers, that often rhythmic movement of the hands appears alongside the emergence of consonant vowel combinations. Having a drum, whether it's a box or any kind of other DIY version or not, is a wonderful tool to encourage this experimentation and development. I have a few friends of different ages and I want to give you a few ideas to encourage imitation for each of them as I do it with a single tool, my drum. Of course, another reason I love the drum is that it is by its very nature musical and the rhythms and various sounds it can make allow for rich interactive play. Okay, Naomi, I'm going to place this big drum near your little feet. Since you're so small, you can touch it with your toes. Feel the texture and hear the sounds your feet make when you kick it or move your skin along the top. Ooh, nice sounds. I think I'll make some too. We focus on small sounds like the ones you make. We don't want to overwhelm you. Here's some rain.
can do a mix of letting little Naomi experiment with how the drum feels and responds to her, and can also loosely imitate her movements and exaggerate them, perhaps giving them names or associations. She's so little that the meaning of my words is largely lost, but the richness of my voice, the imitative nature of the activity, and over time, the repetition of these kinds of experiences and interactions will give her the basis for the language and associations. I'm implicitly encouraging the act of imitation, teaching her that it is a valuable skill and activity in social interactions. Okay, Carlo, you're sitting up at the drum and you can really move your arms. You might like to feel the vibrations with your mouth, with your hands, or with your whole body if you're able to climb up on top of it. I'm going to imitate your sounds and we can have a rhythmic conversation taking turns. <gasps> Here's my turn. I love all those sounds you were making. Now you can drum with me to my melody. Carlo and I got to enjoy imitating each other in two different ways, by engaging in a wonderful activity promoting joint attention and turn-taking through movement and sound, and also in a more adult-led musical activity. I would allow Carlo to follow along in the beat of my song any way he chose to. In other words, he might drum along loosely to the beat with his hand, or he might focus more on how the rhythm and vibrations felt, as I mentioned, with his mouth on the drum or with his whole body leaning or climbing on top of it. These are appropriate ways for him to respond to the activity and allow him to learn many things about what we're doing. It's a richer experience for him to be given the freedom of movement than if I were to, for instance, take his hand and forcefully beat it to my rhythm. We have to remember that young children are listening and watching us and even imitating in ways that we are not aware of, even when they are experimenting with their own movements. Okay, Tomas, you have some favorite songs. Why don't you tell me which one we should sing? Oh, you want ants go marching? Great, let's do it. The ants go marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah. The ants go marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah. The ants go marching one by one, the little one stops to suck his... That's right, his thumb, and they all go marching down to the ground to get out of the rain. Bum, bum, bum. The ants go marching two by two. Hurrah, hurrah. The ants go marching two by two. Hurrah, hurrah. The ants go marching two by two. The little one stops to tie his shoe. And they all go marching down to the ground to get out of the rain. Bum, bum, bum. And so on and so forth. Now with this one, 
a wonderful marching song which inspires big, purposeful, funny, exaggerated movements. I use a strategy I mentioned a few weeks ago in my episode, The Power of the Pause. We used the close procedure, where I paused at the end of a familiar tune and allowed Tomas to fill in the word. If he did, great. If he didn't, no problem. I might also give him a gestural cue by pointing at my shoe or my thumb, as the case may be. But this is simply another way to tie in language and imitative movement and play with music. Let's get back to our discussion about theory of mind. The skills of imitation are a big part of development of theory of mind, but there are also some other early skills that tend to develop in the first few years of your infant and toddler's life that also take a big part in developing the sense of social cognition. We spoke briefly about the ability to recognize and talk about emotions and use emotional language to describe what our children and others around us are feeling, whether that's positive, negative, or associated with specific needs such as food, drink, or sleep. Using emotional language builds our young children's abilities to identify their own emotions, eventually building skills to regulate those emotions, and also helps them to learn to recognize that other people may feel differently than they do at a particular moment. A good time to do this might be at the playground or in a playgroup when your child or another child snatches a toy. Pointing out how that affected the child who lost the toy can be a wonderful way to visually identify behaviors that are linked to actions, part of cause and effect, and also to make those moments of loss and difficulty into learning lessons. This, of course, is also related to understanding the causes and consequences of actions and emotions. When your little one throws her toy, she may look at your face to gauge your response. This can invoke a whole host of emotional responses from us, including the, oh my gosh, my child is a terror. She did that on purpose just to see what I do. Well, yes and no. Your toddler's testing of the waters is not an indication, of course, that she's bound to become a serial killer. No, it simply indicates that she's looking for a consistent response on your end. And even more simply, she wants to experiment with how her actions affect the world and those in it. Another part of early development of theory of mind is the knowledge that people are motivated by the things that they desire and that there is a rationale for actions that we make. Even older infants are often able to link the fact that when we walk toward the light switch, the desired action is to turn on the light. This putting together of what we want and how we'll get it is a very cool aspect of the integration of what young children see and hear and how they realize we think. Older toddlers often start to enact or reenact whole series of events that they've witnessed or been engaged in themselves, but from another's perspective. Pretend play is a great example of this. And when we see our toddlers becoming the doctor or the mama or even the pet who wants to be walked or fed or brushed, we can be impressed by their experimentation with what it feels like to take another's perspective. It's not until an older age, more like four or five years, 
that children really start to integrate and think about what others might be feeling and thinking versus a toddler experimenting with what this might be like or look like. This is why toddlers might be able to or interested in sharing every once in a while, but likely not all the time. And why empathy might be visible sometimes, but not all the time. These are emerging skills in our little ones. They develop over time, as we said earlier, in layers of understanding, and we cannot force this progression. What we can do is to support it with play, with meaningful and rich interactions, with language, with consistently modeled behaviors from us, and with love. Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye bigger kids. Goodbye all the siblings. Goodbye to the grown-ups. Goodbye to the singers. Goodbye I yell it. Goodbye to this music. We laughed and we played. We're getting very clever. This is what counts being here together. Thanks so much, everyone. For instructions to play with and ideas for how to use your very own DIY imitation drum activities for infants and toddlers, you can head over to my website, strengthinwords.com. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, as well as straight from the website. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review on any and all of those forums. If you feel inclined to support what we're doing here at Strength in Words, you can do so by visiting my website and clicking on the link to either make a one-time donation or by becoming a patron of Strength in Words on Patreon. I'll be here again next week. 